You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening. I, you know, we've got a crazy, awesome show today. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because this is on point with Victor. Uh, it really is going to be a fantastic uh, show today. We're going to jump right into it. So let me do this. You are listening to America's Web Radio. This is the On Point with Victor show. I am Victor Armendariz. And stay tuned for later because my guests are going to roll their R's with me. No. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to get into there's a ton to get into today, but just let me give you a heads up, folks. Uh, if you're watching uh, on the cams, then you see two guests, one to my left and one to my right. And uh, we're going to get into a good discussion with them. So you're definitely going to want to tune into that. Um, we're also uh, at the bottom of the hour, just after the bottom of the hour, we're going to be visited by California Greg. And some of you know California Greg because he calls in every now and then and he gives us an update on all the craziness that goes on in California. Well, he's going to grace us with his presence today because he's actually in town. So he'll be here later. Uh, so we'll get into that now. I, right now, there are so many directions I want to go into today, So, but I'm not going to do my normal monologue because I want to get into uh, spending a, a, at least close to half an hour with my first two guests that are sitting with me now. Uh, but there are there is a couple of things I want to say. Um, I, there, there is a, a um, I'm going to be nice and say a, a, a windstorm instead of a... Uh, other kind of storm that people would usually say that's brewing right now, and it's it's because President Trump went on a, a show called the Axios Show on HBO, and you know a lot of you out there are saying why does Trump do that when you know they're all against him. I mean the Axios, if you're not familiar with it, it's a millennial uh, program, and and they're you know they come out of their cry closets and their snowflake villages long enough to try and bring a conservative person or libertarian or somebody who's not a socialist Marxist. Uh, Democrat, and not all Democrats are socialist Marxists, in my opinion. <laughs> and, and you guys will know why I said that in a minute. Um, no, but you, you guys know I, I like to joke. I mean, you know, my father was a, a lifelong Democrat, but he, he considers himself a, Dem, a, a Kennedy Democrat, and uh, and there's a difference. Uh, but uh, but anyway, for for today's purposes, Axios, that's just the kind of show they are. And uh, they're all for give me, give me, give me. They, they don't want to work. They want to be in a nation of uh, you, there needs to be a program for me. I don't need to work and, and that type of things. And ta- you need to go tax that guy but not me. And you need to take money from that person and give it to me. And th- that's the mentality. And Trump went on there. And, and look, folks, if you haven't figured out who Donald Trump is, Donald Trump is not a politician. He's a business guy that got elected to the presidency of the United States, which is the way the Founding Fathers wanted it. The Founding Fathers never intended for career politicians to be career politicians. Um, so if, if, if you're a supporter of Donald Trump out there and, and you're worried that, oh, the media is going to have a heyday with, with him going on Axios because, um, you know, they all they do when they get Trump on one of those shows is try to get give him a gotcha question, and they want him to say something so they can run with it. Well, you're going to see wall-to-wall coverage on CNN and MSNBC and, and ABC and CBS and PBS and uh, the rest of them, and it's going to be wall-to-wall that Trump said that deaths don't matter, which he didn't say, uh, but 
they're going to say they're going to try and frame it that he's that he made light of the virus deaths, but he didn't do that. Um, he was he was talking a a number. When you look at the deaths in the country with the virus, you got to look at the number of deaths per the number of cases. But a lot of people on the left try and get you to think the number of cases equals the number of deaths. Folks, if that was the case, we would have 9% of the population dead right now, and we don't. We haven't even reached normal flu death. Uh, and I'll give you another number. Every day, we have a, over 7,000 deaths in this country. And that's from the regular flu, that's from car crashes, that's from cancer, that's from heart attacks. Whatever the reason of death, we've got almost, if I'm correct, I want to say just over 7,600 deaths a day in this country. Um, so we got to keep things in perspective. Uh, so, so just uh, when you're looking at something and you're seeing the news, actually, folks, if you want to do yourself a favor, turn the news off. Try to go in a, a, a week without the news and watch how much more positive your life becomes. Um, you don't need to be inundated every day with with because right now it's just doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. So. Um, so let's let's just take a step back and take a deep breath and and just keep things in perspective. Uh, yeah. So our legend Dave likes to point out the death rate in Chicago is pretty much more than Corona. No, I'm, uh, no, it, you know we could go down that road too, uh, because as David points out, I point out as well as much as I can. The death rate in Chicago, the 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 black on black crime and the shootings and the death and the children that are dying in that city, where's the outcry? So that that week that might be a topic to bring up in just a few. Um, so so anyway, folks, look, uh, Donald Trump. What I'm getting at is he's not a politician and he's never going to act like a politician. He's never going to be that uh, gravitas president that so many think he should be or, or they think that a president should be. And and I would venture to tell you that the times we are in now with China uh, for years been buying uh, or stealing our technical, uh, our technology, um, our, our uh, boy, I'm going to forget the term right now, our intellectual property. China's been stealing that since the 90s, if not before. And, and we really didn't do anything about it. But Trump's doing something about it. Uh, Russia has been kind of pushing us around definitely since the 90s. Um, and I don't mean pushing around like a bully. I just mean getting the better of the deals. Um, Russia, you want to talk about Russia playing politicians. Russia has the Clintons in their back pocket, and they always have. And uh, there's somebody now pushing back against that. He doesn't do it in a – and like I said, he's not a gravitas guy. He doesn't do it in the in the way that you think a president should do. He's actually doing it with action, and and so it makes a difference. And uh, so anyway, um, I, I next week we may do more of a show on on that because I, I continue to get the question sometimes when I run into some Hispanics that are married to the letter D or or any minority who can't seem to let go of the letter D, and uh, and they ask me, "Gosh, Victor, you're you're of Mexican descent. How how can you continue to support Trump?" and and it's quite easy because I, I simplify things, folks. Um, I've told you guys before, if you can't earn a living, you can't take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your family. If you can't take care of your family, then you can't take care of others. And so we have to look at which side is going to to give us an environment to where we all can achieve. Black, white, brown, yellow, it doesn't matter. 
We need to have a capitalistic society where we can all achieve. That American dream, folks, is not dead. It's not dead. It might be different to achieve. It might be harder to achieve now. And I would venture to tell you that it is harder to achieve because of the political system that we have uh, or the political environment that we're in with the establishment Republicans and the uh, establishment Democrats, the way the Washington swamp just kind of in front of you fight, but then in, at nighttime they run off to their uh, hundred or, or thousand dollar dinners and then they get together and laugh. Because they're in an elitist political class that doesn't really care about how you're doing. They'll give you all the poppycock. They'll tell you what they think you want to hear. But, folks, just take attention to the actions. So when, when somebody like myself, who's a minority, when I look at the election in November, I look at how am I going to take care of myself, how am I going to take care of my family, and how can I help others? And to do that, I've got to have a thriving economy. I've got to have a job. I've got to have options at job. I've got to have small businesses flurry. Folks, small businesses create 80% of the jobs in this country, and right now we're killing them. Uh, I, so you've got one side with Biden. That, and, and look, folks, I really don't care uh, who, who, who Biden is and what he's done, and I don't care who Trump is and how he acts. What I care is policy. And if you look at Biden's policy, you're going to have higher taxes for everyone. You're going to have more regulation. You're going to have strength. I mean, hard strengths on small business. Um, you're going to have right now we've lost so many minority owned businesses. That's black businesses, Hispanic businesses. Because of the shutdown with the virus, we've lost a lot of minority businesses. And regulation is not going to bring those businesses back. Taxes are not going to bring those businesses back. Giving out free money and printing money isn't going to bring those businesses back. It's just going to cause inflation. It's going to devalue the money that you've saved. Your hard sweat equity that you turned into dollars that you might have saved, we're going to devalue if we continue to print money. And if we don't print it, we're going to have to borrow it from China. And how do you think that's going to work out for generations to come? So this really isn't, isn't a hard question to answer when people ask me, how can you vote for Trump? Because I vote for policy. And I'm going to vote for the guy that's going to lower taxes. I'm going to vote for the guy that's going to lower regulation. I'm going to vote for the guy that's going to take uh, roadblocks out of the way of small business. I'm going to vote for the guy who believes in capitalism. I'm going to vote for the guy who believes that police need to be trained and not defunded. I'm going to vote for the guy that believes that 98, 99% of the police out there are good people. They just want to make it home at night. Um, if they have the night shift, they just want to make it home to their families in the morning. I'm going to vote for the guy who supports that. I'm going to vote for the guy that believes that everyone in this country, per the Constitution, has a right to life, liberty, and property and the pursuit of happiness. Everyone. That's brown, black, white. Everyone. Because the Constitution doesn't see color, folks. The Constitution sees a citizen. And that citizen is red, white, and blue. And that's why, folks... That is why I'll vote the way I'm going to vote in November. And again, folks, policy. Policy is what's matter. Okay, I'm going to shut my trap. And I'm going to bring in uh, a couple of spectacular people. I, I, You guys, if you've, if you've watched my show before, if you've listened to your regular listeners, then you're going to know both of them. Um, but I, I call her a new dear friend because I've only known you for a few months now. But, folks, I, I just love her to death, and, and if you look her up, you will too. And, and you will see she is a Democrat, and you've been a Democrat for a long time. My whole life. Your whole <laughs> life. And, uh, but, but I love her to death, and, and her name is Ruth the Truth. The Truth. 
stringer. <laughs> so um, I'm so glad you were able to make it today. And and on my left is uh, another. I mean, this is this is my brother of another color. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I love him to death, Harold Dennis. Yes, how I'm are you? So are glad you, you could be here. Thank you, sir. Thank um, you. But I want to get into a really good discussion. Um, so, well, let me set the premise here. So, so Ruth is about to uh, be in an election on Tuesday. Next Tuesday, it will be the runoff that you're in the runoff election for right. DeKalb County Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, real quick, tell us how that's going because you're neck and neck, from what I understand. Yes. Uh, with the challenger, and I'm not even going to say the challenger's name, uh, but we're we're talking about DeKalb County, which is a county that really does need some help. Yes. And this sheriff uh, department, for lack of a better word, needs to be cleaned up a bit. Yes. Um, so, just tell us a little bit how it's going. Well. So far, you know, like you say, it's neck and neck, and I do need all the help I can get. We've been out. Harold Dennis has been helping. We've been waving signs, knocking on doors, um, yes. trying to trek across the, the county to make mm-hmm. sure people know about us. Um, unfortunately, as um, in the um, primary election, when I put my signs out, someone tears my signs up and throws what? them in. The, yes, yes, I'm going through all of that chaos that has no business in any election, no. much less in a sheriff's election. Exactly. Now, I, Dennis, you and I have had this conversation before, that, and I bet, Ruth, you'll agree. I think the sheriff's race should be nonpartisan. Absolutely. And and so you're telling me, Ruth, so you're a Democrat running in a heavy Democrat area, mm-hmm. and they're taking your signs and tearing them up? Yes. Um, they're throwing them into the woods and things of that nature, but that all has to do with what my opponent represents. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm, my followers um, um, or the people who are supporting me, mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that they're not stooping to those type to that tactics. type of tactic. Yes. Now, what do you think your opponent is so afraid of? Well, I don't necessarily think it's my opponent as much as it is the people, the who, people are who are backing her. Backing, okay. They're actually afraid. They do not want the GBI in that sheriff's office. They do not want the FBI in that sheriff's office. And the only way they can get in there is to be invited in. And I have every intention of bringing the GBI, and I have every intention of doing a forensic audit um, within the first 90 days. So all that stuff will be taken care of, and I'm sure... You know, a lot of bed covers are going to be pulled back, right. and and that's what everyone's afraid of. It's going to be a lot of little things scurrying around, aren't there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, peeling the layers absolutely, back. absolutely. Wow, you know, it's kind of like uh, so. Um, you know, Renata. Oh, I shouldn't say her name. She's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> My better half has been making me watch this show, and uh, she hasn't making me watch the show. I actually enjoy it too. But you mentioned something. You said that the GBI has to be invited in. Right. It's kind of like a vampire. Vampire exactly. has to be invited into exactly. your home. Right. Exactly. Well, the sheriff's office has kind of been a home to corruption. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and look, my words aren't their words. Let me say that. But um, but I think you guys know where I'm coming from. Uh, absolutely. It's definitely my words. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> right. The DeKalb County Sheriff's Office has been a home of corruption. And to invite the GBI in is not going to do the people who want to keep the status quo. Right. It's not going to do them well. Right. So you actually want to come in. So, Ruth, how much is an, of an effect of the people in DeKalb County is this going to have if you were to get elected and clean up and show what this is? First, show what a mess it was, but how good it could be. It's going to have a tremendous effect, especially, I believe, on your tax dollars. Um, the budget just went up to $98 million. When I can tell you 
that there is such waste. And, you know, when you have um, one hand scratches back, one person scratching Mm -hmm. another person's back, when you have um, getting my family's contract, this person, that person, who really have no business in certain businesses, you're just giving them county funds because you can. Because you can. Now, the, the, the thing that I hate the most, and I hope that the taxpayers will do something about this, whether I win or not, the sheriff's office, when they have a budget, they need to stick to their budget. It should not be we give you $98 million and then you shut the door and do whatever you want to do with it. I was there. I witnessed it. And that that's essentially what happens. That should not be the case. Um, and also the citizens need to look at, as they're looking at, um, at this congressional seat and they're looking at how the person was placed in the seat when John Lewis died. Mm-hmm. The sheriff's office needs to look at this legislation that that the former sheriff put in place to protect himself. The former sheriff should not tell the citizens who the sheriff is going to be. You should not be able to step down and put your successor mm-hmm. in the seat. Mm-hmm. It should be the citizen's choice. By I can put anybody as they did. They picked anybody and made them the chief deputy. Mm-hmm. And then by default, because the sheriff wanted to step down and they knew they had to have someone there who would keep everything status quo and keep all their secrets. Mm -hmm. They put someone there who pledged to do that and then the citizens just are just blindly going along with it. I'm surprised that no one has actually researched the candidate. They have no idea about this candidate. All they see is they put her there and they said she's the sheriff so everyone in the cab is waving these banners and mm -hmm. I'm thinking this person has no medal. They've they've done nothing. Nope. And the voters really don't know because you've said a couple of things there, Ruth. It's one thing to say I'm empowered because of my vote. But it's another thing to not be informed and think you're empowered by your vote. Absolutely. Certainly. Because you're not empowered if you're not informed. And and I would venture to say, and I've said this before, uh, politicians on both sides love an uninformed populace. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why you see every two years and every four years, now that guy's a racist, no, that guy's a racist, or right. this, that, and the other. You hear the same argument that we've been hearing for decades and decades every two and four years mm-hmm. because – they don't want to come out and say, this is what I'm for, this is what I believe, and this is what I'm going to do. They want to just say the other guy's this and that and the other. So so don't look at me or don't look into me. Don't look at my actions. Just vote for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean about not being married to a letter D or a letter R. Right. Uh, because the power that we have is when we're willing to throw out a decade-long Democrat-run city yes. and change it. Mm-hmm. Or or if there's a decade-run Republican city somewhere and they're not meeting your needs, then they should be thrown out. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it goes both ways. But and it just so happens in this instance in DeKalb County, we continue to elect the same type of, of Democrat or, or government uh, for, I guess, big government corruption. Because, you know, Ruth... We don't have, and this is what I beg people, just like you said, do your research. Find out about these candidates because what we're seeing in DeKalb on the local level is exactly what's happening on the federal level when you look at uh, the investigations that Attorney General Barr is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We had, uh, whether people want to admit it or not, we had a a previous administration that was doing things and using our law enforcement officers and officers to go after 
another candidate of a different party, and, and that shouldn't be allowed. Mm -hmm. Just like in DeKalb County, what you're saying, a sheriff should not be allowed, and nor a congressman, and, and both sides do it, to anoint, anoint. their successor. Yes. And, and Ruth, I'm so happy to hear you say that. You're you're just a different kind of Democrat. I, I think you're probably more of a of a freedom thinking, American loving Democrat. I'm a Marine, so yeah. and that's right. <laughs> so and, and I was going to bring that up. I was just about to say. See, you see how smart he is. Um, I was just about to say you've got that Marine blood. Yeah. And once a Marine, always, always a, a Marine. Marine. And 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 you can't be a Marine and not love this country. That's right. And uh, so I love it, Ruth. I love, it. and that's what makes you different. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I can talk to you, and I know that you care about mm -hmm. people in the cab, and there aren't a lot of politicians that I can look at, and not that you're a politician, because um, I'm not. Because you're not. <laughs> and and again, the, the the sheriff's election should be nonpartisan, uh, but you do have to run as a Democrat or Republican or whatever. Um, but I know that you're sincere. You can just hear it in your voice. I can tell mm -hmm. uh, when we talk, and I can tell about the issues that you're willing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, to me, that's what makes you different because I really don't care about the D or the R. Right. What I care about is you want to get in and help the people of DeKalb County. Yes, absolutely. And if we can start, like I always say, if we can start on the local level, we can take that to the state level. We can take it up all the way up to the top. Right. And and what a better place we would be. <laughs> so, um, but I, I tell you, Ruth, you're up such uh, up against the challenge because you're up against a machine. I am because you said it yourself. When 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 we have allowed, when we the people, we the voters have allowed for the sheriff's office to get so political, to where they can have the corruption, hide the corruption, because they can anoint whoever's coming next. Yep. And that's where it stops. So so Harold. You're going to find yourself in this position because in November, you're the candidate uh, to hopefully take succeed, succeed Ruth. Mm -hmm. Certainly. certainly. Um, Harold, how are you seeing the struggle that she's having right now with people taking her signs and throwing them into the woods just because they're probably afraid of the corruption being exposed? Mm -hmm. So... When Ruth wins, and I say when Ruth wins because I, <laughs> I, I, I deal with positivity in this show, um, taking that mantle from her, mm -hmm. um, man, how, how, you, how, how are you going to do it? How are you going to approach it? Well, certainly I'm looking forward to it. Um, Ruth is a good friend of mine. Um, you know, it, it's funny how people says, well, she's a Democrat, you're a Republican. It doesn't matter about a Democrat or Republican. It's about the individual. Yes. Um, she's a great individual. She's served her country. Yes. She's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. um, and that says a lot to be a leader of, of the sheriff's office, to mm -hmm. be trustworthy. Um, you just don't want someone just to go into the sheriff's office and, um, and doing different things and not being trustworthy. Um, because the buck stops with her. Mm -hmm. so or it should. She, or, or it should. Mm -hmm. And if her heart is right then all that does is triple down to the men that are out mm -hmm. in the field. And so um, when she wins on August 11th, I look forward to working with her um, to see what we can come up with as far as for November, um, to see if we can collaboratively come together and work together um, to make a better DeKalb and, and to continue to keep a better mm -hmm. DeKalb. Um, I know under her administration, she was certainly bringing the FBI, the GBI, mm -hmm. and I look forward to that. And should the people of the county um, look to me to be the next leader of DeKalb County and, and continue, um, I would like to pick up where she left off mm -hmm. and continue to bring out any corruption in DeKalb County and leave an open-door policy, certainly with transparency. There is no transparency. It's not my money. 
So right. if it's not my money and the money belongs to you, the citizens of the mm-hmm. county, I'll definitely be transparent by starting a citizen review board to actually come in and look how we spend how the money is being spent. It's yeah. not my money; it's the taxpayers' yep, dollars. Yep. So. Um, Looking with that and, and working with Ruth, and, and I pray and hope that she would even decide to come back and even be a consultant to say, hey, Mr. Dennis, um, you know, as a citizen, I would like to see this mm-hmm. to continue at the sheriff's office. Well, I don't think there would be anything better or stronger than than seeing Ruth stand as a Democrat and Harold, mm-hmm. you are standing as a Republican mm-hmm. for you guys in unison. Mm-hmm. What an example for DeKalb County because I think there's so many voters in DeKalb County mm-hmm. that just don't understand mm-hmm. that it's about individuals, it's right. about policy. Right. It's not so much, don't be stuck on the D and the R. Certainly, especially right. not with the sheriff's Especially race. with the sheriff's because race. Because our job is not to make the laws. That's your state mm-hmm. legislature. Exactly. Our job is to enforce the laws of the yeah. county. And as the head law enforcement officer, we will do that. Right. But we would also do that with compassion. She has compassion. I know the type of person that she mm-hmm. is. Um, not only that, she's a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. So when you a woman of faith and a man of faith like myself, then that's a win-win for all the citizens of the county. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. When you, when you can put a person who's going to carry the burden of the county, and, and I say that because there's a lot of different people in DeKalb County. Mm-hmm. There's different cultures. There's different, Absolutely. there's, there's different ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't wait, you know, politicians need to learn this mm-hmm. um, because too many politicians think they can just stand over a district, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be uh, a state district or a federal district. Mm-hmm. And they think they can just wave a wand mm-hmm. and say, well, I've got the magic letter by my name. Sure. So we're all going to follow me. And don't don't look at what I'm doing. Just look at what I'm saying. Sure. Instead of realizing that, OK, we've got a lot of different people in this county. How can we create policy or, or in your case, the proper training mm-hmm. for police to not be an adversary to mm-hmm. the county, mm-hmm. but to be a partner with the county? Mm-hmm. To be an asset, certainly. Because law enforcement, Harold, you and I have talked about it. And Ruth, I, I want to ask you this. So Harold and I, I know I've talked to Harold about um, community policing. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, um, we we had police because I grew up in DeKalb, and um, I we had police officers that would come into the neighborhood every day. And if they missed the day, or maybe I didn't see them, but at least every other day, and they would come through. They would sit at the corner of the road for a little bit. They would sit in front of the house. Uh, I would just see them, and and never once, not ever, did my Mexican father, who was still trying to get rid of his accent to this day, this man is eighty five years old and still <laughs> thinks he got rid of his accent, but hasn't. Um, but he, uh, and I'll tell you all the time, I just have him say Captain Crunch. As a kid, I used to ask for Captain Crunch, and it was always Capitan, Capitan Crunch, Capitan Crunch. Um, but, uh, but not once, not ever did my dad say, hey, that police is against you. Mm-hmm. That police is going to judge you because you're brown. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't, he, what my parents taught me as a young age and my sisters and brothers is that there's wrong and there's right. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Now, you as a person aren't going to get it right every time. Mm-hmm. But you know what's wrong and you know what's right. And when an authority figure or an elder has a question for you or, or, or stops you, whether it's a police or, or just an elderly person, mm-hmm. um, you have respect. 
even if you think they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to know the officers that would come into the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and, and it was a great thing. And, and I'll tell you, we're going to go to our first break, but when I get back, I'll tell you a little story that I think you know and you'll probably laugh at. Okay. Uh, my, my run-in with a community police officer one time Uh-oh. when I was about 12 years old. <laughs> so, um I'm going to tell that story. Goes, Guys, you come back. Don't go anywhere because I'll have that story and we'll get Ruth's reaction off the other side of this break. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is On Point with Victor. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, folks. You are listening to America's Web Radio. This is the On Point with Victor show. I am your lovable host. <laughs> Victor Armanderas. Okay, so when we went to that break, uh, I was we were I was going to tell you a story, so I'll tell you the story. So Ruth, uh, back when I was about, I, I couldn't have been, I was eleven or twelve years old, and uh, my mother wouldn't let me have a dirt bike. And, and I've, I've been right. I was I learned how to ride motorcycles at eight years old in Mexico City because mm-hmm. uh, I would I'd spend uh, part of the years in Mexico City and part of the years here in the states. And at eight years old, we pull up to my aunt's house in Mexico City on the outskirts of Mexico City, and my my mother's my cousin comes out and he's on his motorcycle, and my mother looks to me and says, "Don't." Don't think about it. Don't do it. But don't think about it. getting on that bike. And it took about five minutes, Ruth and Harold, for me to be out. As soon as my mom went in, I was out and I was on the bike and my cousin taught me how to ride it. And ever since then, I've been a motorcycle rider. Uh, so fast forward to uh, about 11 or 12 years old. We're here in the States. We're in DeKalb County. And uh, my, my mother would not let me have a motorcycle. But my friend down the street had one. And I went down the street. He let me take his motorcycle out of his garage, and I went ripping through the neighborhood. I went to the local uh, elementary school. I was doing donuts on their playground. I did some uh, jumps that I could that I could make, and out of just dirt mounds and tires. And I'm doing jumps. I'm doing donuts. And then I figured, man, this is great, uh, but I better go home. 
So I'm on my way home, so I'm ripping through the neighborhoods to go home. Now, granted, the elementary school was in my neighborhood, so it wasn't very far, but I still had to go through the neighborhood to get to the school and then back through the neighborhood to get to my home. So I'm coming through. Well, by that time, somebody had, I'm sure, more than one person had reported, there's a kid tearing it up on a motorcycle through the neighborhood in the school. So I had the lo- the uh, community police officer who was just sitting waiting for me <laughs> to come down. And I don't know to this day how he knew which street was mine. But it was as if he probably goes, oh, yeah, that's probably that Victor kid. <laughs> uh, but I come ripping down the street, and I am maybe 10 houses away from making it to my friend's house and in his garage. And this police officer pulls me over. And Ruth, this is what I love. He looked at me, and he goes, uh... You know you can't be doing this. You know, can't be riding. This isn't safe. And I went, and I'm looking. I'm going, um, um, okay, uh, no, sir. And he goes, so you're walking home, right? And I went, you know, it didn't register. <laughs> and I look, and I go, well, but it's running. No, it's running. I can ride it home. And he goes, let me try this again. You're walking this home, right? <laughs> and he has a little smirk on his face. And then it hit me, you know, I'm 11, 12 years old now. Oh yes, I'm walking this home, and I got off that thing, and I walked it home, and he followed me for a little bit, and then he and then he left. But that's what I mean. It was a and and from that moment, I I just I just thought what an I mean I'm thinking I could have gotten in a lot of trouble, mm-hmm. and I, he could have went to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. He could have and he could have he didn't do that. He just said you're going to walk it home, mm-hmm. and he made sure I walked it home. Mm-hmm. But the impression that officer left on me mm-hmm. wasn't one of, of being combative, or wasn't one he was being a jerk or anything like that. It was he was doing his job, mm-hmm. and his job is to keep the street safe mm-hmm. and and really keep me safe mm-hmm. because I'm 12 years old. I don't have any idea of risk. I don't even think I had a helmet on, and he didn't even razz me for that. Mm-hmm. So Ruth and Harold. Do, do you vi- envision where we could get to a point where we could have or at least promote community policing again, where we can bring the community so so that the kids aren't being taught to hate police? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I, I do think we can get to that point. And I, at this point, I must give a shout out to the Cab County um, police because they are making an effort. They're even starting to hold their roll calls in public places so the public can be there, watch them, ask See, questions, which I think, yes. So I, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for them. Um, in regards to um, getting back to the community policing where we can have police officers strategically placed in neighborhoods, mm-hmm. unfortunately right now our numbers are so low because of the um, misperception that people have about police officers right. right now. One or two bad apples have kind of spoiled the whole bunch mm-hmm. for us. People think that we're all terrible. And, and for the most part, you don't get up and put on all that gear and, you know, Put on a gun, all that, and and kiss your family goodbye Mm -hmm. and not know if you're coming back. If you don't care about the people that you're going to protect, most of us genuinely care. Mm -hmm. We really want to do a good job for the community. And you had that story. My husband was a police officer. He would come home with stories how he did great things for families and things of that nature. I've done things. So those things don't get reported, though. And thank you for sharing that story. Thank you for sharing that story. So, yes, I do think we can get back to that. We have to get our numbers up. But, um, you know, people are starting to put a lot of burden on police officers. They want us to be social workers. They want us to be the, they, they act as if we have magic dust. When you right. call us out, if your loved one is out of control, 
we we don't have magic dust when we get there. Exactly. Usually when we get there, it escalates because they don't know us. Mm-hmm. We don't know them. And, mm-hmm. and you're telling us that you're not safe and you want this person to yeah. somehow be gone. Right. So we get a bad reputation. I think that if, if people stop looking to police as the end-all, be-all, we're, we're not that. We're, we're there to quiet the situation mm-hmm. and let the courts or the mental institutions handle the rest. Mm-hmm. Then I think society can get back to where police officers are out there actually doing what we love. We like going to the basketball games and, mm-hmm. and helping the kids or, or, like you say, being in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. knowing the families. Officers mm-hmm. love that stuff yeah. to walk down the street where the families can say, hey, officers, such and such. And we yeah. know we love that stuff. Exactly. You know, but but society has they're starting to handcuff us because yeah. they're putting so much mm-hmm. on us right now. Well, unfortunately, politicians are trying to use the police force as a as a as a kicking can or politicians want to use you as a as a or create a a i don't even know how to word this but there's too many politicians that want to use the police to try for political game for political game thank you harold Mm -hmm. um when when it shouldn't be that and ruth i'm so glad because i haven't heard any officer to date no matter on cnn msnbc or 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 fox news that said what you just said mm-hmm. about the burdens that are being put on you and and mostly by politicians yes um, of, of you've got to be a social justice warrior you've got to be this and that Child and the other for everything when that's not your job right mm-hmm. you guys aren't the the judge and jewelry or, or the legislator right mm-hmm. you are the the arm that upholds the law mm-hmm. and keeps the peace mm-hmm. that's it you're you're the arm that de-escalates a situation now what I try and tell my friends all the time, Put yourself in the shoes of the blue. And what I mean by that is just take a a moment and think about what a police officer has to deal with today. Just even if you pull someone over for speeding, you don't know if that person is, is, is on the run or they think they're on the run. You just... A police officer leaves his family in the morning, like you said. They kiss him goodbye, and they don't know if they're coming back. That's right. Because they could pull over somebody and just merely have some questions because you've got an, a tail light out, a headlight out, or you were speeding, or maybe you grabbed your phone or dropped your phone, or maybe there's a bee in your car and you swerve. But it's the duty of the officer to pull you over and make sure that you're not intoxicated so that you're not a, a detriment to the rest of society. That's the job of police. But now the police has to be worried about their life. Right. So how many how many bad well, not, I shouldn't say bad people. Let's say how many situations will an officer maybe look by today and not pull that person over that should have been pulled over because he's worried about um, well should I do that last pullover or should I just go home? Right? Should I should I just clock out? Mm-hmm. I, I mean you know I remember the days because I've talked to so many officers because I do have a lot of uh, law enforcement friends. Who, who back in the day, it didn't matter if their shift was ending. The shift change came at 6 o'clock. Hey, if there was something they saw, whether it be uh, somebody that they saw that just dropped in their yard and looked like they needed help, or if it was a driver who was swerving and, and maybe they needed to be pulled over, and the officers, you know what, uh, yeah, I'm off my shift, but I'm going to pull this over because I, I, I'm going to make sure that everything's fine. And now... It's more of, well, my shift's over. Uh, just I'm going to look the other way, and I'm going to go home safe. Right. So I I, I agree with ho- – uh, we've, we've still got to get you elected. <laughs> uh, but because that message has to be – both of you have this, this message of, of, mm-hmm. of 
what an officer. Well, you have the understanding of what a true officer is and should be. Sure. Right. And um, I, I think it's great. So, well, let me get you know. Let me do this. We had some listeners in Daytona who wanted to know what the GBI is, and, and the GBI stands for Georgia Bureau of Investigation, which is basically the state level of the FBI. Right. Yes. And uh, so they come in whenever there's a shooting, usually shooting or anything like that. They'll they'll come in and do investigations, especially if it's an internal investigation. Right, or if it's an officer-involved shooting. An officer and most, most agencies will call them in so that way um, the investigation will be handled fairly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's an outside agency because they're not run by a, a county and they're not run by a, a municipality. They're run right. by the state. Um, you know, I've got uh, I, I've got another quick story I'll tell you, Ruth, because you'll enjoy this too. So when I turned 15, and, and I want to tell these stories, Ruth, because like you said, these these stories of good policing, just don't, they're not told anymore. Right. I was 15 years old, and for some reason, these crazy pizza delivery company allowed me to deliver pizzas at 15. Uh. I didn't even have my license. <laughs> All I knew was I went in and said, hey, I'll deliver pizzas. And they said, sure. Um and I'm not kidding. That's you know, this was a while back. I, I don't want to age myself, but uh, this was back in the beginnings of pizza delivery, I guess. But or at least when Pizza Hut got into it. Um, but I was 15 years old, and I couldn't find this address. And I'm going back and forth on this road trying to find a street, and I was exceeding the speed limit. And it, but I had an officer again, DeKalb County, pull me over, um, comes up to me, and he goes, "Hey, what are you doing?" I mean, basically, he looks at me, he goes. Are you having problems? Because he probably thought I was drunk because I was doing U-turns left and right. And and I said, no, sir, I, I'm, I'm trying to find this address. And it was funny because I wasn't even thinking that this guy's probably thinking I'm drunk. And I just said, hey, you wouldn't have to know this address. But he saw the pizza box and he saw that I was delivering pizzas. And, and it was the greatest thing. He looked at me and he goes, you know what? He goes, look, I'm going to need you to slow down. I'm going to need you to take your time, even if it's late. Mm-hmm. Slow down, take your time, find the address, and do what you need to do. But I'm not going to write you up or anything because I don't want you to lose your job. That is community policing. Good policing. And it's good policing because Mm -hmm. there was no reason for him to... To take somebody like me who could have lost a job. Mm-hmm. And that's what I loved about. And so, again, another great police story, which maybe on this show, when you guys are elected, we'll start doing a weekly good police stories. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That would be great. That would be a good segment to have. That would be great. So, um, so, yeah, we'll do. That would be. But I, that these stories need to come out. Mm-hmm. They, they really, do. really they do. Because 99.9% of the police officers are awesome people. They are. They are. They're awesome people. And now this gets me to training. Because I, I am 100% against defunding. I'm against reallocation of, of the funds that go to police forces. Um, I am for proper training. Right. In fact, I, I would like to see more money come into police municipalities, whether it's a county, city. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see more money so they can have more officers because I'd like to see a roving uh, program where officers come off the road and they go into further training mm-hmm. and then officers are on the road mm-hmm. and then those officers come off the road so you can have continuous training community training whatever it be um, use of force training mm-hmm. I know that, that we have good training mm-hmm. but maybe it could be better mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't come cheap right. and defunding and, is it, and it's funny that you, you talk about training because Ruth was actually over the training division at the sheriff's office. Really? Yes, She's I was. The commander. Uh-huh. Okay, so <laughs> the two of you right now. Yeah, just just speak to the listeners about your ideas of training. Um, what 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 you could see happening under the Ruth administration and under the Harold administration. Well, I go first. Okay, so as far as training goes with the um, 
officers, as I said, they the community expects a lot. You have them, you know, <laughs> they have to be able to determine if it's a drug overdose and it's Narcan. They have to be able to, um, if, if the person's having a psychotic break, all this stuff, they have to be able to interpret. I like what you said about pulling officers off the road. So I'm going to hold pause you there because I know you're going to get into a good something good. <laughs> Not just because of something I said. No, um, we got to go to a break, and okay. I almost missed it. So we're going to take this break, and when we come back, Ruth, I want you to take the floor and okay. Harold too. All okay. right, we'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to America's Web Radio. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back, folks. Okay, I'm going to give the floor back to Ruth because I almost missed that break and I had to interrupt her, so I'm so sorry for that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but please, Ruth, continue. Okay, so as I said... Um, I would like to see, um, personally, I would like to see the officers, I like the idea of them coming off the road for maybe a month or so, like in a rotating Mm -hmm. segment to get the training and stay up to par. That would be great. But also, um, you know, right now for me, a big thing is this Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. Everyone has the right to carry arms. Mm -hmm. So our officers need to be trained because people are becoming more and more visible with their arms. More people are carrying on. Right. Black people, brown people, right. you know, all people. Yeah. So the officers have to be trained that not everybody carrying a firearm is a threat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and, and they need to learn how to handle that because what I see happening is a lot of unjustified shootings are going to start happening because mm-hmm. people who you don't normally see care, open mm-hmm. carry are now open, open carrying. Carry. Right. So I think that that needs to be a whole segment of training inside itself. Yes. I think we need to sit up at, set up a fat center where... Um, Mm-hmm. The officers can go and actually train and train and train mm-hmm. again. I think the citizens need to have a lot of input on right. these officers. I also think um, the psychology of the officer is important. You know, a lot of people, while we have great officers, a lot of people become officers because they were bullied in high school and then they put on a badge and they become and the they bully. they become the bully. Yeah, we don't so need that. we don't need that. But that can be trained out. I don't can, know or, if it or, can or help. <laughs> I, I, I have met those officers, um, yeah, officers like that, and and yeah. and they are who they are. They, it's ingrained in them, mm-hmm. and 
it's hard to get it out of them. People who go into law enforcement for the wrong reasons are in it for the wrong, for the reasons, wrong reasons, and they will never see the right reasons. They, now that makes total sense. To yeah, me. they will never see. So they went into it to bully and to push around because they were bullied and pushed around. So I think so. officers should get a psychological exam mm. every three to five years, and I think the psychologists should not be employed by the agency because they're vendors. I've witnessed it where they're going to just pass the officers along because that's what the top. So it needs to be. An outside. It, the state needs to have a right. a, a um, group of psychologists or psychiatrists that they use and that's their only job is to travel the state and they wow. need to constantly be testing officers in the psychology you know, of an officer. That, Ruth, if, if that one thing, that right there would be amazing. It would. Because you're basically talking about, let's weed out the bad apples. Right. And I think what I'm hearing you say, and Harold, I've heard you talk about mm-hmm. psycholo- psychological testing mm-hmm. as well. Um, and you two are the only ones I hear talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it needs to be Because done. not only are you weeding out the bad apples, you're giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're finding them through the psychological exam. If, they, if we did this, if you guys had this exam uh, every uh, three or four, six, whatever, six months, or even if it was once a year, maybe or so, at least you're finding the ones who are struggling. Because if it's a police officer with a, with a bullying problem, they're probably struggling with something, whether it's from childhood mm-hmm. or or whatever. And at least you can pinpoint, and then by pinpointing, you can say, okay. We're going to offer to help you, but if this doesn't change, you're gone. Because we we do need to make it where it's easier. I understand the thin blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we can get into a discussion later. I was I was actually recruited by the GBI and uh, the DEA, wow. and and I, I understand the thin blue blue line, but there needs to be where it is understood if you're the bad apple we're not going to stand behind a bad apple right right we're, we're gonna you're gonna be you, it's gonna be easy to fire somebody mm-hmm. right. and and we all know when it's a government agency or taxpayer funded agencies it's it's damn near impossible to fire some people mm-hmm. some of these right. people um but i love that i mm-hmm. love that because if we did the exams you know psychological exam, I, when i was Going through the DEA, I can't tell you how. I mean, you guys probably know, but I the the questions that I had to answer mm-hmm. before I saw the psychologist mm-hmm. yeah. um, was was it was intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, but that's what we need. That's the kind of training, uh, Ruth. I love to hear you say that. Yeah, and we, we we do. As I said, we need to pick up on, you know, our officers. Most of us we have to shoot a minimum of eighty percent. So most of our shots are pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we're good with our shooting. But it's the other things, the social issues, that um, we need to deal with. And unfortunately, because you often have people who grew up in the suburbs policing in an urban area, there needs to be training for those people. Mm-hmm. The vernacular is different. Um, the way they're the people handle themselves is different and I think that, that there's a cultural divide that needs to the, a gap that needs to be um, closed we need to have some type of training for those officers before we send them out there so that they can actually deal in an urban community and that they don't, they don't over react the culture diversity is great but we need to take it a little further they mm-hmm. need to actually have to go out and interact with with people before they get out of the FTO program the field training program field training. Mm-hmm. we need to see that you know how to act and you're comfortable wow. in those communities because you panic if you, you all they know is what I, they saw on TV what they heard in the rap record what they may think and 
just because the guy's doing this and raising his arm mm-hmm. and being expressive with his hands, he's not going to hit you. He's right. not going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. That is the culture of that community. Yeah. And we need to really get I, into that a little more and make sure that, that if you're going to be a police officer, you have to be willing to understand the culture that you're policing in. Ruth, that is brilliant. And I... Can you run for president one day? <laughs> and Harold, can you run with her? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, 2024 will be here before you know it. I'm right. just saying. No, uh, <laughs> I'll be your secretary of something. Um, no, but Ruth, that that's... I love that because we need to get to the point where we're not afraid to talk about cultural differences. Right. Um, I I will sometimes talk about with where whether I'm speak at a speaking event or or on this radio show that Southside Chicago is a different culture. It is than Alpharetta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we need and and I shouldn't be called a racist if I want to talk about cultures and the difference in cultures. And you shouldn't be called names. And, and Harold, right. you shouldn't be called names. Um, and 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 Ruth, but no one else is talking about this. Right. This is something that should be on the city level, the state level, the federal level. Is is being able to have a dialogue and say, okay. And you mentioned cultural diversity training mm-hmm. to be able to have the dialogue of, okay, we understand that this part of the Cab County or this part of whatever city you're in, it has a little bit of culture difference. Uh, the, the, these kids were brought up different. Um, or this urban side is different than this sub- suburb side. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't be afraid to say they're different and we can work with both instead of trying to pit them against each other. Right. Too many times I've been in South DeKalb uh, when I was running for Congress and I heard, well, we want to be like the north side of, of DeKalb. And I was like, okay, that's great. Let me talk. Let's talk about how we can do it. Oh, no, no. But they're this and they wanted to just name call and, well, that culture is this and we're this culture or there's privilege there and there's no privilege. That kind of talk doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't advance the the, uh, the ball, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But talking, you know, people like to say they, they're speaking truth and things like that. You can't get any more truth to what you just said, Ruth, and, and what you were talking about. Right. Um, so is, is, is this uh, something that you could do right away when, when you take office? I, say, okay, we're going to start talking about cultural cultures, and we're going to enter these cultures, and we're going to get to know them, and we're going to do the right training. I can certainly begin it, but I won't have enough time, so I'm counting on Mr. Dennis, oh, Mr. Dennis. to follow it out. <laughs> but let, well, you mentioned that, but let me say this. I've met people, um, staunch Republicans on the north and the south side of town, and I've met Democrats on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, it's not the citizens. The people, the the north side wants to see the south side prosper. prosper. The pro- mm-hmm. south side wants to see the north side. They want to see the whole. Ca- it yeah. is not the citizens of DeKalb County. Well, it's good. not in their interest. It's in the politicians' interest uh, to create this facade uh, of this great divide in the cab. You've got so, to run for something now. <laughs> so, state so, senate, state senate, state so senate. yes, we we can, and that's what we need to do. Wow. We we need to make sure we bring both sides together. They're all at the table, and and I'm, I'm, if you start crossing the county. Bring mm-hmm. the people from the north to the south and the south up to the north and have them meeting on each other's turf. And yep. all of a sudden, the line gets blurred. So, Ruth, I got to tell you, you, once again, you're so right. And I'm loving this <laughs> um, because you are absolutely right. And I don't hear enough people talk about it other than, than some hosts like me. Uh, but the way to get power 
is to create division in the populace. Sure. That is correct. If, if I can get rich against the poor, if I can get white against black or black against brown or brown against this or whatever, if I can create division in this country, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then I'm going to get more power. And this is this is another this is one of the answers I didn't give when um, when I, this today when I was talking about when people ask me how I vote. And one of the reasons is right now I see one party that wants to create as much division as possible. Mm-hmm. And and there's the swamp will do it. Um, both sides. Um, but I'm really seeing one side try and do it. It's 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 mask wearers versus non mask wearers. It's it's I mean it's really some crazy things that we shouldn't be fighting about. Right. Um, and and it's and, and it's again every two and in, in four years um, we need to take from that guy to give to you because you don't have what that guy has. Right. Uh, you know one of the worst things and I'm pretty sure it's in that book called the Bible is envy. Right. It is. We shouldn't teach envy, but but for some reason we've got politicians that are going hey. I may not be able to earn this vote, but boy, if I can create division, I can gain that power. And if I get that power, I'll be here for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wish. I want people to hear that message from you, Ruth, because not enough people talk about it. Uh, Because I agree with you, and I've seen it firsthand. I can go to a gun show, and there will be, I mean, just as many white people, black people, Hispanic, brown. We're all there together, Mm -hmm. and we all talk, and we all... Converge. I've been to a car show, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, and it's just full of different people, different cultures, different mm-hmm. backgrounds, mm-hmm. and we all get along. Mm-hmm. We're high fiving, we're joking, we're laughing, we're we're enthralled with it, whether it be an engine or or the new uh, Glock that came out. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and there's no division there. Right. Um, I just this weekend I was at a. Um, Boy, I'm going to forget right now. I'm just going to skip my mind. But it was another example of a kind of a, a fest. It was it was a motorcycle race. Okay. I went to Road Atlanta for the motorcycle race, and there were people of all colors, and we were all high five. And we were just in a group, just having a blast. Yeah. We didn't know each other, but we got there, and we're just joking with each other um, because we have a. The, the commonality of the motorcycle, mm-hmm. but as citizens, we could sit there and enjoy it. and But yet, it wouldn't take long for a politician to come in and try and divide that mm-hmm. because they think they can have power. So, um, so I guess, so Harold, when Ruth gets things started and you get in, mm-hmm. um, how much of a challenge do you see or a pushback? Because you know you're going to get pushback from some of the politicians. And Ruth, you're probably going to see this too. Right. Um, some of the politicians that are that are entrenched into Cab County, um, how are you going to push back? Uh, it, it, it's really easy and it's simple by being the sheriff because it's the constitutional office. Um, I have no one over me, but I do have people over me. And the people that are over me, my boss, are the citizens of the county. So I don't listen to the other politicians. I listen to what the citizens you got to listen to the people. All right, we're going to have to cut it short there. All right, believe it or not, this hour is done. Look, Harold, thank you. Ruth, thank you. Well, Folks, go look up Ruth. Uh, what's your website? <laughs> Stringer for Sheriff. Just go Stringer, F-O-R, Sheriff, www.stringerforsheriff.com. Perfect. You guys help them out. Look them up. Harold Dennis, Ruth Stringer, this is great. I love. Thank, thank you, you for being here, and, thank you. Thank you. Um, man, we'll have you back. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Don't go anywhere. Locked and Loaded is coming up with a special treat. We'll have California Greg in studio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.